The Rebellion is Evil, Taking the Empire's Side. Written by Robert Hayes. Read by Rich Siegfried. I just rewatched Return of the Jedi with Andrew, and in the course of the interactions with the Ewoks, I realized that the entire Ewok plotline reveals the moral rottenness at the heart of the Rebellion. Let's start from the beginning. What is the relationship between the Empire and the Ewoks before the movie begins? I submit that the internal evidence of the film makes it clear that they were peacefully together. Several elements contribute to this conclusion, which is admittedly based on limited data, but which seems entirely uncontradicted by any available evidence. Point number one. When the rebels encounter the Imperial scouts on their speeders, the Imperials appear to be conducting routine patrols in their territory around their base. The guys on the ground seem to be about to eat lunch, while another group sits casually on their speeder bike some distance away. This is not how soldiers on patrol in a combat area act. Obviously, they don't expect any trouble from the locals. Point number two. The effectiveness of the Ewoks in battle against the Imperial troops, despite their inferior technology, clearly indicates that the Imperials have not battled Ewoks before. If they had, they would have developed tactics and doctrines suited to warfare against the indigenes. I suggest orbital bombardment. Instead, their deployments and approaches are clearly oriented around repelling a high-tech assault from orbit rather than dealing with a native insurgency against their occupation. Point number three. The Ewoks, a hunter-gatherer society, appear to have no dislocations in their lifestyle. Their town, although only a short distance from a major imperial facility, is apparently permanent, well-settled, and prosperous. Numerous healthy young are in the community, and Ewoks of all ages appear to be well-fed and happy. There is no sign of malnutrition or indications that the Ewoks have been displaced by the imperial presence. Point four. The Ewoks are unsurprised and do not become hostile when they encounter humans and a Wookiee. Their reaction to other hominids is entirely contextual. When Leia is found helpless by one of the Ewoks, he pities her plight and gives her aid. When Luke, etc. are caught in an Ewok trap, they are treated as food. This clearly indicates that the Ewoks are judging each visitor to their territory on their own merits and on the basis of the immediate context and not assuming a hostile status with those evil humans. Otherwise, they would have killed Leia immediately, having seen that she was connected with the speeder-riding Imperials. All of this leads to the conclusion that the Ewoks have met and dealt with Imperial humans before, and don't bear them any particular malice or friendship. So it is clear that the Empire decided to use this moon for its strategic location and took no hostile action against the native population of the world. They aren't hunting Ewoks for food, they aren't enslaving them for labor. It is possible that the Empire took some Ewok land to build their base, but it doesn't seem to have negatively impacted them. Perhaps they paid the Ewoks a fair price for their land. The Empire doesn't start colonizing the obviously lush and productive world or stripping it of its resources. They just build their base and proceed with their legitimate military business. They defended their base against rebel attack but did little or nothing to forestall military activity by the natives, indicating that they did not expect such activity. What happens when the rebels enter this picture of interspecies cooperation and harmony? 
Well, the first encounter is when Leia befriends an Ewok hunter and is taken back to their home. Her actions appear friendly, although her attitude is somewhat contemptuous of the natives' intelligence. But we don't really know her intentions. Perhaps she didn't mean to be an infiltrator and a spy on the native people. We just don't know. The next thing that happens is that Luke, Han, and Chewie and the droids are captured by an Ewok hunting party when they stumble into a trap. The Ewoks believe that C-3PO is some kind of divine being to be honored, though not particularly to be obeyed or feared, and decide to turn the bounty of their hunt into a feast for their god. When C-3PO and Leia's remonstrations are ineffective, Luke uses his Jedi power to trick the Ewoks into believing that C-3PO really is a god and really does have divine powers. The immediate motivation for this action, avoiding becoming lunch, is morally acceptable. However, the party does not stop with saving their own lives and proceeding with their own mission. Instead, they use C-3PO's divine status to turn the Ewoks into their own private army. They demand food and equipment, guides, and the return of their own equipment, legitimately seized by the Ewoks when the rebels trespassed on their territory. What's worse, they enlist the Ewoks into their own feudal rebellion against the legitimate authority. They take a largely helpless indigenous people who, by virtue of the humanity and decency of the local imperial power, enjoy peaceful relations with the legitimate government and turn them into doomed rebels. They convince them to mount a surprise attack against an overwhelmingly superior force, and the resulting battle results in the deaths of dozens of Ewok warriors, in exchange for a marginal shift in the tactical situation for the rebels. In my world, there's a word for people who use trickery and deception to convince simple primitives of their own divinity, and then use that divine status to turn peaceful hunters into jihadists against a vastly superior form power that has never harmed them. That word is evil. Other authors, David Bren foremost among them, have written pieces speculating about the odd moral universe that Mr. Lucas has created. I find myself in agreement with Bryn's conclusions, if not with his excessively egalitarian reasons for preferring the Imperial cause. The actions of the Rebel characters in Episodes 4 through 6, and the actions of the Jedi and or Republican Loyalists in Episode 1 through 3 add, rather than subtracting, to the weight of this conclusion. There are a number of extremely troubling actions or scenarios that buttress the belief that while the Empire certainly has its flaws and demons, the rebels are significantly worse. The major question that Lucas always seems to avoid, and then what happens? Again, the Ewoks are illustrative. Okay, the rebels win at great cost to the Ewoks and little cost to themselves, and the Empire is defeated, for the moment. Then what happens? Are the rebels going to leave C-3PO with his new followers? Certainly not, he's still useful. Ewoks will just have to find a new god. <laughs> Sorry about wiping out half of your warriors and leaving you vulnerable to the next hostile bit of megafauna wandering around the forests of Endor. Oh, <laughs> and sorry about destroying your culture's beliefs about the deity as part of the plan to cynically exploit, use, and then discard your people. Bye now. We're off to the big victory party on Coruscant. Thank you very much for listening, and don't forget to check back at requiemoftheoutcast.com to find part two of the series... The Rebellion is Evil, Taking the Empire Side. Written by Robert Hayes, read by Rich Siegfried.